Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 52 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. One whole year, we've made it through alive. You've listened. We're thankful. God, Sean Sheehan, normally you're a sour man. Normally you don't care about anything. But surely this makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's great. I'm, I'm here sitting up alongside a radiator, 10 o'clock in the morning, bringing you a 50, 52nd episode in a row. Fucking beautiful thing, isn't it? Beautiful. Explain to me why you're up this early on a, on a Tuesday morning. And then because... why am I up this early on a Tuesday morning? Yeah, why are you up early? That's, that's because I've, I've corrected my sleeping patterns. No way. Briefly, yeah, for like the last 10 days, maybe. So hopefully it'll stay. But there's UFC this week, so that'll probably end Saturday Badly. night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm sure these things happen. Anyway, we have a bit of a bit of a giveaway on account of it being one year of, a, of our podcast anniversary. Sean, tell the beautiful people what they're going to get. Yeah, we are giving away a DVD, the six-part notorious documentary that was on RTE, that's on Fight Pass. Um, but it's I think it's a longer version of the one that's on Fight Pass. It's like the full RTE one. So uh, we have that DVD um, to give away. Basically, all you have to do is go to iTunes, um, leave a rating, leave a review, put your Twitter handle in that. You know, take a screenshot of it, send it to at Severe MMA Pod, and that's all you have to do. And then you're in for a chance to win. Uh, we'll send it. Print it off, post it to Sean Sheehan's address. <laughs> Anything else that you want the people uh, to do here? No, uh, that's it. But if you're, if you're not on Twitter, stick your email address in it. We'll go in and we'll look. Uh, and uh, we, we'll pick one at random. So uh, get doing that. Graham's going to send it off. So um, we'll get in contact with you. We'll announce who's the winner this time next week. So basically, again, all you have to do is go to iTunes. Five star rating, leave uh, a review. You know, t- ten usual, to twenty the words. Usual stuff. Yeah, something good. Even if it's not something good, something honest. Just leave whatever you think. If you want to say Andrew McGann talks too much about jujitsu, please, please, please say that. Um, leave your Twitter handle or your email address, and uh, go, take a screenshot and tweet us to at severe But if you're not on Twitter, just leave your email address and we'll get in contact with you. God of Margot. Oh yeah, and. If, even if it's not iTunes, if it's Stitcher or one of them, you can do it there as well and send us um, send us a screenshot on Twitter. I really want to know who three mobile care team is on Twitter. <laughs> Did you see me abusing them? Oh my god! For those of you that don't know, right? <sighs> Here we go. The mic's being dropped now, Sean. Right? One. Me and three are fighting at the minute. First of all, their their coverage is woeful in Dundalk after promising that it's going to be brilliant, like. I've ne- I don't think I've ever got 4G outside of Dublin, which is a uh, which is a sad time that we live in. But I get my uh, I get paid cash in hand from working in a nightclub, and my bills are direct debit. So naturally, I never pay it on time because I never have the money in my account because going up to the bank is hassle. I prefer to get a little uh, a little piece of paper in the post from the postman, and I go up and pay it in cash. That's how it works. So. My bill has accumulated through Vegas trips and, and such. I paid €125 Euro off it before I went away to Portugal, and they cut it off the next day after telling me the minimum that I had to pay to keep the service on was €40. Euro. Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd fallen asleep with boredom there. No. Um, I, don't have, I don't have a bill phone. I just use my fucking SIM card. Use credit. Top credit, yeah. Pay as you go. Yeah. Some man. 
The, uh, we've, been, we've spent an awful lot of time talking about phones the last few weeks, haven't we? Yeah, no, it's bullshit. The, um, I bought a new phone as well this week. I know, what, what was it? The one, one, two one plus? plus two. One plus two, yeah. Great York. Sell it to me. It's very good, it, you know. No, no, I mean the price. The price, three nine nine, which oh. is pretty now, cheap. Now, considering s- I, now sell it what? to me as a phone. You, um, there's, it's a big screen, and on the back is like... So, what's that stuff called? Sawdust? No, what's it called? The stuff you fucking play in wood with. What's that called? I have no idea. <laughs> fucking, I don't know, but it's a grippy back in it anyway, so it doesn't fall out of your hand. It's way cheaper oh, than the other phone. is it like the otter cases? I don't know, oh, maybe. Right. Never mind. Um, but it's like, my last phone was... Um, was like six fifty or six seven five or something, and this is like way better, better, better battery, four gig of RAM, sixty four gigabytes of storage, deadly lock. Anyway, finish your story about three. Go on. Sorry, um, I couldn't. So talk. pretty much, me and them hate each other at the minute. Then I paid more money off it yesterday, seventy five euro off it, and service still wasn't resumed. Then I was talking to someone on the online call center today who was. I don't know. I think three have an attitude about you not paying your bill. I think she was a, a second... Like, obviously, you should pay your bill. But I think she was about a second or two away from... If you paid your bill on time, this wouldn't happen. Do you know yeah, that right. sort of way? Yeah. So, obviously, they're... Uh, I don't like them. Yeah, that's fair enough. I will... How much... Get, how do you spend so much on credit? Or on bill or whatever it is? To be honest... I don't know. I'm going to have to go in and look through my bills. I think I did sign up for... You know the way when you sign up for... Oh, well, you've never done... Sometimes you f- sign up with uh, phone companies. For example, my mate who joined three the other day was on some package pay-as-you-go and they never applied it to his account, so he just wasted the credit. And then he had to top up again and they're like, oh, sorry, that's not our fault. It's like, it obviously is. You told me I was on this package when I'm not. I signed up to three on the premise that when you're in the north of Ireland, you get everything the same as you do in the south because they have a three network up there and it seems like I'm being charged for northern calls even more expensive than I was with e-mobile so I just need to go and like look through my bills and sort it out and say look these are lying scumbags sort this (laughs) out for me now my I my the whole thing about the three customer care team is I put up a tweet about it earlier on and someone went to the effort of making a fake twitter page about three customer care I'm telling you now it was goat mcgregor <laughs> I don't think it was. They sound Irish, and he—I think he's from America. Oh right, well then. Yeah. But uh, these guys are, in fairness, it is kind of funny. But yeah, it also, is funny in fairness. Also, like, do you know the moment, Sean, when you realise that you've made it? <laughs> yeah. That, that someone will go to That's lengths it, yeah. at ten o'clock on a Tuesday morning to make a Twitter page just to reply to one of your tweets. Yeah. I went, I went down, me made, baby. I went down no chilling them, backing you up, even oh, though they were did. nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> Zero chill. Sheehan just blasting fire all Fuck over off. the shop here on Twitter. <laughs> Fuck off, fake tree. Do you know what uh, the thing no. is, though? They, <laughs> they will actually listen to this podcast. They're going to give us the listen because they know we're going to talk about them. So now you can, you can pretty much close the podcast now if you're that person because we've, uh, we've got your hit and that's all we care about. Yeah, we've exhausted you. Yeah, we've taken it off you. Now, speaking of exhausted, this man has probably had a hectic week. Unfortunately, he went out of the Royal Rumble early, and I think that is what led to him having to pull out of the fight with Fabrizio Verdun. What has happened, Kane? (laughs) The demon Kane. He didn't have his brother, the Undertaker, backing him up. That was the problem. That's why he got injured. Jesus. You reckon that's it? 
I don't know. I think he, uh, I think his oh, he took a bump going over the top rope. That's yeah. put his back out. He could have taken him. But you'd feel fair bad for him, wouldn't you? The, just the amount of injuries that he's gotten. Like his rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, now back injuries. Like all of those things are like things that recur. And, you know, they're just nasty bad injuries. Like, you know, if there's a, like a hamstring injury, a calf injury, like some, you know, type of injuries like that, at least, you know, you did recover and you could get back from. But these are the type of things like. They just keep nagging and nagging you, like one gone out, you know, it affects the other one, and it just, it's it's a never-ending cycle for him. Like, after he came back before that last fight, I, I we probably said in the podcast, I picked Verdum, and I picked him basically because Kane had like eight weeks to train before that last fight against Verdum, and I know people saying the the sea level stuff, that, that definitely affected it, but I think it was lack of preparation like you remember that picture that came out of Kane like looking fucking he looked like me um, sea level Kane <laughs> but like it was just I, I don't know you feel like he had bad preparations for that fight obviously he wasn't 100% coming into that fight then this gets turned around and he's another rematch and uh, you know I have a thing that I was thinking about it last night and I think I think it's true you know big guys obviously it's harder for them on, on their body and everything carrying more weight but preparing for five round fights it's not like Ian Velasquez has been done. It's um, like it's unbelievably tough. That man needed to go out, get a three round fight. You know, preparing for a five round fight for him, so constantly like that after getting injured. You know, it's not good. And people talk about um, you know, warm up fights and things like that. And you know, I think Ian Velasquez could have done with the one of those before the first Verdun fight. Never mind for the rematch. I think the rematch was was a bad idea, just because it, it shouldn't have been made. But I think for Velasquez himself. It was probably a bad idea as well. What do you think? I feel very sorry for him. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, you have to wonder, like, is it something up with the way that they're training? Is it something up in the gym? Is it, I don't know, like, Ken Velasquez is going to go down probably as sort of like the fighter that never could. Do you know the old, the old yeah. train, the old stories about, like, uh, trains that had to be put, like, go back to the shed? You remember Thomas the yeah. Tank Engine? I remember Thomas. And the way that there was older trains that couldn't keep up anymore. And there was yeah. always a sad episode when they had to go away. That's pretty much how Cain Velasquez's career is going to go in the next year or two. I just think that he's he could have easily been one of the most dominant like reigning heavyweight champions of all time. And just through constant injury and constant setbacks, unfortunately we're never going to see it. Someone sent us a question that I think actually ties in very well that I'm going to ask you. Can Fabricio Verdum become one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. If he defends his belt one more time, no one else has ever defended the heavyweight belt more in the UFC. And also, look at the names of people that he's beaten throughout his career. And <coughs> I think let's talk would. about how much of a scumbag he is for pulling out of the fight with Stipe. Because he you pretty much admitted that yeah. if Kane was in the fight, he would fight. He pulled the John Jones. Like, There's no doubt about that. I, I wouldn't call him a scumbag. I, you know. That was just my, uh, my, you know, my emotion, Sean. <laughs> I, I get it. Do you know what's weird I in this? Say it to his face, like. Yeah, I know. I, what's weird about this, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit more, maybe in a negative way about the UFC later on. But <gasps> UFC, oh no, we're gonna get our credentials taken from us. Oh no, um, UFC. Why didn't UFC ask him before they made the Mayotic fight? Then White went on on Twitter, and you know he announced that Fabrizio Verdum was yeah. fighting Stephen Mayotic, and in like fucking sixteen hours later. 
Verdun was like, nah, nah, bye, I'm not taking that fight. Fuck that. I'm injured too. I'm pulling out. If look, if Kane was injured, we were both we were both injured. But not, I'm not fighting my Ochic. Which look, it's fair enough. I, uh, you know, when John Jones did it, it was a little bit different because Chael Sonnen is an easy fight for John Jones. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know, he would he would smash. Um, and even then, I was like, I was pretty much on John Jones' side. Although, you know, I was like, he could have taken the fight. He was just, he was. I think John Jones has been a little bit too particular, a little bit too cautious. But Vernum, I think it's, you know, I think it's a wise decision. I, I, the carrying injury thing. I, you know, as he said himself, he would have fought if Kane hadn't pulled out. So the injuries couldn't be that serious. But Myotrich is a serious uh, proposition for him. Very, I, I think Myotrich is one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC, to be honest. I think he's a very, very good fighter. A lot different from Kane. You know, hard to take down. Very good in boxing. Very, very good at range for Fabrizio Verdum. You know, he might struggle a little bit. He likes, you know, he likes it in close. And he, or he likes it on the ground where, where uh, obviously Myotrich is talking about. I definitely have enough audio files of you throughout the year that I could make the best porn advertisement of all time, like. Go on, what did he, I say? He likes it in close. <laughs> Verdum. Doesn't Verdum sound like a, a perfume? Verdum. 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 <laughs> for the man, for the man within you. Innocence. For, no, no, it would be called Fabrizio. Oh, Fabrizio. Yeah, no, no, Fabrizio no. sounds more, too much like a person uh, f- cleaning for fab- fabrics or something like that. You know, what's that, what's that stuff called? Um, Febreze. Febreze, yeah, it sounds yeah. so much like that. Yeah. Um, when it comes, like, I can see where you're saying this anti-UFC thing, and I saw it suggested online, perhaps this was another case of Dana White jumping the gun without the other part. Like, we've known that it's happened before. Uh, the UFC announcing fights and the other person not knowing about it, and it's sort of, you have to take this fight now, yeah. sort of way. Do you think this, was, this could have been it? Do you think this was Dana jumping the gun? Do you th- like I know Front Row Brian loves to speculate on Twitter that Dana would probably be the last to hear about some decisions now because some fighters just deal with Lorenzo. Uh, is this another case of that? Um, I don't think it's a case of that. I I, I think you're right in in the first place. It's it's him jump, jumping the shark like it's it's him coming out before. It's official. Oh, Ken's injured. Who are we going to get to replace Ken? Stipe. Okay, Stipe's fighting for Doom. That's fine. Okay, Stipe, will you do this? Yes, I'll do this. <laughs> right, make the graphic. Someone yeah. open Photoshop now, quickly. Yeah. And then the 16 hours later, for Doom's like, Whoo! and he makes that funny face that he makes. And he's like, oh, I'm not yes, taking this that was fight. The, that was the thumbnail for pretty much every uh, story about <laughs> yeah. Verdum yesterday. MMA Junkie had a good one, actually. They had yeah, like, that uh, was the best one I saw. Yeah, that well. was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, look, the heavyweight division is just fucking cursed. And I think it has a lot to do with five round fights. But um, where to, where to go? Um. Is what do you think? Is going to be cancelled? What are they going to do? Who are they going to pull? There's only one man for the job. Donald Cerrone versus no. Nate. No. One man. Wonder, Wonder Boy. Boy. Wonder Boy's there. Wonder Boy was already the main event. What the? What's wrong with him? Like, why were they putting this heavyweight? You know, this old heavyweight fight in there. Wonder Boy's the man. I think and, uh, your your prophecy for 2016 could be coming through. Yeah, then you wonder by the man. But where, what would you do? Would you leave Stipe on there? Or would you try to get someone to fight Stipe? Or what would you do? It's it's a weird situation because they have an out and they can let Stipe off. Do you know that yeah. sort of way? They can just say, right, go on ahead. Uh, thanks very much for offering to do this. But 
if they can get him a fight, if someone is willing to fight him short notice, why not do it? I'm completely against the idea of maybe getting an interim heavyweight title and having two guys that have no business being in there for it, uh, competing for it. I think, fair enough, go for an interim if Verdum had have pulled out first and Kane was fighting someone, but since Kane pulled out and then Verdum took his out afterwards, you know, you're, you're kind of left with maybe just trying to make a good fight out of any division, whether it's heavyweight or otherwise, a good short-notice entertaining fight that can still convince people to drop whatever amount of dollars it is on a numbered pay-per-view event. Yeah, the big talk is that either Josh Barnett or Ben Rotwell, who are due to fight this week, who will speak about later on, just push w- will pull out, and no, not, not just push him, but pull one of them out and give him the seat and have him fight in that card. But that's fucking, why would you do that? Like They're fighting this weekend, that's a perfectly good fight. You know, Stipe wasn't due to fight anyway. Stipe is like two days notice. Stipe has been fighting for two days. Like, just leave it. Give Stipe Verdum full camps. Let them fight UFC, you know, one nine nine or UFC oh, two hundred one guard. or something like that. Yeah, let them let them fight in that. Look, this, this is one of those. I think it was UFC one forty eight or something like that, where like Uriah Faber fought. I think it was in Barrow or, you know, one. You know, there's a, there's been a couple of cards like this where it's been shitty kind of. Um, main events due, due to injuries was it Joe Soto against uh, TJ Dillashaw oh. another one just just leave what it what do you mean like, shitty <clears throat> yeah it's not that you know it's not that bad I suppose the one by uh, Hendricks fight but under it uh, Ryan Nelson versus Jared Rashalt Ovin St. Prue against uh, Rafael Feijo Joseph Benavidez against Zach Makovsky and the rest Artem Lavov was on that actually I forgot about that against Alex White Mickey Gall against Mike Jackson as well that's a you know is Gold awful, versus awful Jackson card. on the pay-per-view, or where is that? No, it's uh, the... That should the, be the Fight Pass featured fight. It is, that's what it, exactly is it? what it is, yeah. And Artem Lavov is the co-main event Fight Pass featured fight against Alex White. I, I was actually I was about to say there, I'm shocked you were able to say that sentence without laughing. <laughs> but there you go, you laughed. Yeah. You, you know, Artem Lava was coming one of these Chael Sonnen, Donald Cerrone type figures very, very quickly. Like the first thing yesterday, oh, put Artem Lava into the made of a deal fight. My God, it isn't. It's amazing how quickly he's become that, isn't it? Yeah, I think like it's no more than a joke, obviously. But yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do think every division needs someone like that. There is a market for like fighters out there talking about making money. There is a market out there in every division to have a fighter like Donald Cerrone or like Artem Lobov. Like, uh, PT did an interview with him, and the main thing from Lobov was that he's the matchmaker's dream. Do you know what I mean? That he will, yeah. he will come in on short notice, he will do whatever they want, simply because he loves to fight. Yeah. You know, so I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Artem fight ASAP after this, this next one. I, yeah. He will have no issue with getting in and out of there. The thing is, he needs to win this fight and he needs to win the Sharon Ola fight for that to become a thing. Because if he loses them, oh, yeah, it like, won't yeah, become a yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I just lost my debut. Give me a short notice of two weeks. Oh, I lost that again. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that doesn't work yeah, That'd be a problem. No, that doesn't you work out for you. for stuff like that. You don't, you don't get rewarded Donald Cerrone style. But what do you think of my idea? You said there, Donald Cerrone against Nate Diaz and Sharon Ola. I think both of them would take Light it. Welterweight. Light welterweight. Light welterweight title. Make it happen. Put it on even the line. not, even not a title. Just have it at one sixty-five. Yeah, over one seventy. Yeah, I think it. I think both of them would do it. Money fight. It'd move Nettie Diaz closer to the title. At where one seventy? 
155. Can you get ranked at 155 if you don't fight there, Sean? The classic Graham. I'm hitting you here. I'm I'm backing you into the corner. Oh, he was the worst over the weekend about the soccer. Oh my fucking god. Uh, do you know Liverpool won 5-4? He, he hates Jurgen Klopp with a fucking passion. He's a Liverpool fan. Like, he hates him. Why? He's, he's, all he did was win a fucking domestic league in Holland. All he fucking did. I started Dominic Cruz in him then. He, he's a you Dominic Cruz, but I started Germany. Dominic Yeah. What did I say? Holland. Oh, Holland, sorry. Yeah, Germany. Yeah. Graham also but, goes on to a load of red forums. <coughs> Um, yeah, that was on Reddit. No, he goes on to a load of uh, Liverpool Reddit forums oh, saying no. that Mignolet is the worst keeper that they've ever he had in the club and that they'll up. never win anything with him there. And he said something about Klopp as well. Like, tell me, uh, are, do Liverpool still have like a million players out injured with hamstring injuries? Yeah, they have a couple, all right. But sure, all players have all injury shit anyway. No, I'm so. not trying to make an excuse for Liverpool. It's That's yeah. Klopp's training and Klopp's style. I can remember a load of people, uh, I can remember reading something when it was announced that he was there, saying expect Liverpool to get injuries around Christmas. Klopp's teams have always been built to set up around the fact that they're going to have a winter break. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing, and the way that they play. But when it comes to this English Premier League stuff, then, oh, you have to play on Boxing Day and three days later, the other end of the country. They just run, they just run and run and run and run you down, like they're pure pressure again, and that, you know... That, that's that's great, but it's not exactly, you know, you'd fucking end up like Cain Velasquez after it. Wouldn't it be unreal if you were a pro footballer? Like, all you had to do oh, yeah. is train. Like, yeah. Claudio, Claudio Ranieri, no, not Claudio Ranieri, Carlo Cudicini for a couple yeah. of years there. He was not. making a mint just for being a goalkeeper on the bench. That, I've always said that my dream job is a sub-goalkeeper. Sub-goalkeeper with Man yeah. City. Yeah, definitely. That, Bayern that, Munich. Kostel Pantilamon for years there, like five years sat behind Joe, Joe Hart. Yeah, sure, Richard Wright was re-signed with them a while ago as a third-choice <laughs> keeper. Yeah. What, Richard Wright? They were probably giving him 50 grand a week, not another. Just to, come on in, Richard, have a week kick about there. Brilliant, I love it. Here, Victor Richard, Valdez. Richard, Everybody go get them balls them. there, will you, down the <laughs> other end of the pitch. Taking shots on Joe Hart and Trennan. Jeez, it would be great. Doing, like. Brilliant, it would be the best job ever. But yeah, anyway, what... what 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 do you think in the heavyweight division? What's the next? You, do you make Steep and Verdum? Do you keep Stepiano? What do you do? I think now that the UFC have showed their card, showed their hand that they're willing to maybe give Stepe the title shot, which he deserves, yeah. then that's the next fight to make. Obviously, yeah, I... it de- depends on Cain Velasquez's Velasquez's injury. Um, it seems is it what is this stadia nerve or something like? It's his lower back sciatic nerve. Sciatic yeah. nerve and. Um, you know, that is something that could clear up in the matter of weeks. It is something that could take months. I watched an absolutely amazing video last night about a boy who was hunched over when he tried to pull a, th- a tree stump out of the ground and no chiropractor would touch him except this chiropractor that has a YouTube channel in Australia. They flew him to Australia and he was fixed within 10 days. My God. He needs to go gluten-free. That's what he needs to do. Joe Rogan, I tell him. Or vegan. Vegan? No, I don't mind that shit. Meat is the best. How could you? How could you live without rashers? That's what I. You want know to what? Know. I literally had a cold rasher as I was walking down to Hopefully. the podcast because this was what I meant to say. Do you drink coffee? No. I got this coffee out of Tess, uh, Duns yesterday, and it's called Irish Cream Coffee. So it smells like cream, but also coffee, and it tastes yeah. quite nice. I have to admit, I was expecting it to be rank. Nice. 
You big coffee anyway, drinker? Uh, I'm starting to get back into it. Yes. I, I've, I've got, I've, I've a good segue here. Do you wanna, do you wanna hear? Yeah, it? I'd like to hear it. John Redmond's birthday today, Johnny Jitsu. Oh, the fuck! I saw that on Facebook. Is he gonna be fighting in cage dryers coming up Ooh. here soon? Um, oh. For those of you that don't know, Graham Boylan, the master of disguise and surprises, announced this morning exclusively on Twitter that Cage Warriors is coming back on April the 16th I think Sean uh, 15th I think 15th. let me look it up go on anyway give us your thoughts and I'll look it up um, if it happens because Cage Warriors have had shows booked since their last show as well and they didn't happen um, but if you want to go back a couple of th- tweets to Graham Boylan's uh, Twitter page he has been in Vegas recently who knows what he was finishing off on or signing off on there uh, if there's going to be an announcement in the next while about Cage Warriors maybe being associated with someone, we will see. But as long as it comes back, as long as it's in its incarnation as it was before, as long as we still see them able to attract the best European talent. Because let's be honest, while Bama are producing good cards, there are still a lot of guys that aren't fighting for them. And it's not whether that they're uh, waiting on a Cage Warriors thing, it's that they're able to get better matched fights more regularly like on UK promotions that are coming up and starting to put on better shows. I know uh, Brad Wharton works with a promotion called Full Contact Contender and it's Steve and Sean, the UK arm of Severe MMA. They really love that. Uh, Ice, Paddy Pimblett. Paddy Pimblett is on, yeah. has been on it. There's another one I think called Ice FC as well. Yeah. I think Ryan Curtis from Unradi's gym was over at it as well um, or fought on it recently enough. So, like... Is this the end of Bama? Sean, that's pretty much what I'm going to ask you. First of uh, all, no, 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 no. First of all, thank goodness, I'd say Dylan Took is delighted. I'd say he was shitting it for this fight. Now he doesn't have to worry because, thankfully, Team Ireland captain Tyrone Spong will be <laughs> in his corner to help address any nerve issues that he had. Like Chris Fields, don't worry about it, man. I know you're fighting someone from the UK. This is going to be tough, yeah? yeah. The British are invading Ireland. Mm-hmm. Excellent wording, Bama, you absolute losers. A hundred years since the rising, and you're going with a fucking angle about British people invading Ireland. My God, you're as stupid as the people you employ. Ooh. I I was actually going to go on that exact rant that you went on. This, this captain thing is the most fucking oh stupid God. thing ever. Like, imagine showing up to the venue, right? <laughs> Iron imagine John Kavanagh being told... That or imagine Dylan or like whoever's fight Chris Fields usually has uh, John is it Cahill in his corner? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Cahill will be doing. I'm just trying to think. Let's say for example, uh, Keen Cowley's going to be there, right? John and someone else have been in his corner. Let's say James Gallagher was going to be in his corner, and <laughs> Ty Bama stopped him from going out because Tyrone Spong had to walk out with John Cavanaugh to the corner. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I know, think he's going to happen. I know, though. but look, why, are you, why do you have a captain? What is he going to do? He's going to be there on the night. Do you know what I mean? It's just, honestly, like, I am, I am smiling here, Sean. You haven't heard me this happy in a long time. <laughs> and I'm laughing at it because of how stupid an idea it is. Cage Warriors are definitely pissing themselves laughing looking at this. Thinking, unreal, we're coming back after Bama are disgracing themselves in front of everybody in Europe <coughs> and we are going to take back over. Like, You know what the problem with these oh. these um, promotions is? They think they have fans. And, you know, it's, she fans. it's not... 
<laughs> it's not like people people like Bama, okay? People are, I like Bama. I enjoyed the show there at the weekend. They put on or the last week or last year when we went they put on good fights, you know, they're a good good organization, they pay their fighters, everything very good, but like you know, there's no such thing as a Bama fan. Like, let's be real about this. There's fans of Chris Field. There's fans of Dylan Took. There's fans of, you know, Coney. There's, fan, you know, there's fans of Tom Duck and Wah. You mean to tell me there isn't someone <sighs> somewhere? Let's be real about this. Like, come <laughs> on. That's there thinking. isn't. Who the fuck is a Bama? Oh, ba- oh, I can't miss this Bama show. <laughs> Who the fuck? Like, no offense, Bama. Like, I like Bama. I think Bama are a very good promotion. But, like, I, I, look, and it's fair enough. I'm being a bit harsh. No, they're no. doing this. They're doing this. <laughs> they're doing this basically as a promotional. Tool. I don't know how well it's going to work. It just looks stupid. Like it's just my my stupid main, ideas. Yeah, my main gripe is that, it, and it kind of goes off your think to have a fan thing. It's like the way they are going. That oh, FM one hundred four have teamed up with this, and David Hay will be there. And it's like, yeah. Just They're like, very good at making it appear like all of these people want to be involved with them. Like Tyrone, like Tyrone Spong is chuffed at the fact that he's the Ireland captain and he's going to fly his own way over for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not. They're throwing money at something that may or may not work. Do you know what I mean? And if you're asking me if I think it's going to work, I'm thinking, like, definitely they must have steep pockets because it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? As you say, there is no Bama fans. There is no one that is going to go to this show because Tyrone Spong is the Ireland captain or because they'll get to meet Tyrone Spong at the event. Do you know that sort of... That will not happen. And going back to it again, British fighters invading Ireland. Stupidest thing in history. I thought they dropped that angle once they first announced it. Do you know what I mean? But this is just... And Luke Barnett as well has been has been doing it. We, uh, he's been the biggest like, advocate of like hating Irish people. Well, yeah, like Luke has had like Luke is sound in fairness to him. Like well, as far as fighters go, like when you talk to them. But you, that tweet he put up the other day—that wasn't him tweeting that. That was someone from Bama maybe, that tweeted that because yeah. they tagged all the Bama staff in it. Do you think Luke Barnett's sitting at home and he's like, "I am really chuffed and excited <laughs> about this Bama invasion"? Do you know, like. Luke Barnett's living in Spain, getting a suntan. He doesn't. Is give he? A sh- yeah, as far as I know, doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. Like that is like, oh, stop me now, Sean, before it goes yeah. on for the next forty minutes. And this thing about you know, I said Bama don't don't have uh, fans. Like either the Bellator really, or World Series of Fighting, or a cage, or anyone. Like there's MMA fans and there's UFC fans because UFC is the big dog. Let's be honest about this thing. Come on, uh, like I think. I like the way they're having ideas, but there's just a stupid, stupid idea. Like, Tyron Spong is going to be there. Let's, you know, let's give him a roll. Like, why can't you just say, oh, we're doing like a fan fest, like Bellator do. Tyron Spong is going to be there. Luke Barnett is going to be there. Um, David Hayes is going to be there. They're going to be signing autographs outside beforehand. That, that's good. That's fine. Why not do that? What's this shit about, oh, team captains? Like, what? Like, I think they have some good ideas. <laughs> like, I, th- I thought the Tommy Tohal thing was pretty good. I know you don't like Tommy Tohal, but I thought that was good at their last show. It shows that they're <clears throat> at least in touch they're trying, with yeah. what their fans of their promotion uh, <laughs> would be interested in watching. Do you know what I mean? But for every in-touch idea, you get the genius that come up with putting fights on a YouTube channel for 24 hours. That's the, st- oh, that's the worst. Do you know what I mean? So Just put them up, like... That, that's where that's where I'm coming from at this point of view. Yeah. Now let's see how Cage Warriors can capitalize on this. Cage Warriors have a show in London in April. L- logistically and realistically, anybody that's fighting on this Bama card in February 
big names, Irish-wise, has a great chance of going on to the Cage Warriors show. Do you know what I mean? Whether they want to be on it or not is another issue. But I can see this card being absolutely phenomenal, this Cage Warriors card. I can see them going all out to try and make it something, make it big to return themselves. And if it is going to be debuting on a UFC platform, whether Fight Pass, otherwise, or a different channel completely, then... You know, they're going to have to make an impression. They're going to have to make a statement. There's, like, Ian Dean is the best matchmaker in the UK and Europe. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. He is going to have his work cut out for him for this. And I can see, like, Paul Redmond will fight on that card. Yeah, I think, oh, like, if he's signed with Cage Warriors, surely, 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 he is one of the first names. You know who else was signed with Cage Warriors before they left? Who? Paddy, Paddy Pimblett. I'd watch that fight. You're mad to see Reds or fight Pimblett, aren't you? I really want to see that fight, yeah. And Paddy Pimblett's moving up to lightweight as well, I think. Like, I, I, so def- I definitely think there is a market for some... Like, uh, Tommy Quinn is another guy who's Cage Warriors yeah. through and through. And he did. He has only... Ta- like, he's fought since Cage Warriors is gone, but it's not been going away taking easy fights. He's lost, like, do you know what I mean? He took two very... Was it Lewis Long and Matt Inman? I think that he both fought and lost to, like... There's three guys that could be on this card. Philip Mulpeter is another guy who could easily be on the London card. It just all depends on what people's current relationships are with Cage Warriors. Are they going to trust them again? I know some gyms uh, not so much fell out with them, but do you know there's... They left them in limbo like the last time. Exactly. It's like, oh, no, we're coming back. Don't worry about it, lads. Okay, no, you can have one fight exemption. Yeah. Uh, By the way, we're not coming back. Yeah. And Uh, now we're back a year and a half later. I think so, the best case scenario for all these fighters would be six, you know, six Bama shows a year, six Cage Warrior shows a year, no exclusive deals, go between all of them. Like, imagine like a, a pretty big fight show every, you know, every two months. That's what they need. Like, that's what guys like Artem Lava before he got into the UFC, who like who was struggling, you know, to get fights around around here, who needed to improve his record. That's what he needed. Like, imagine Artem Lava if there was twelve, say Cage Warrior slash Bama shows a year. Like he would he would have fought. I'm fucking eight of them like that that's that's what people need like these Dylan Chu um Franz Mamba all these young guys coming up James Gallagher um the guys from Team Rhino the guys from the North they, they all need fights and they need you know two months between fights when you're a young fighter like that that's that's all the top guys did and that's what they need as well so hopefully Cage Warriors can come back they can come back well they can put on a few shows a year and hopefully Bam can keep putting on their shows I think that's you know that'd be best for everyone look I know we we give out about Tyrone Spong and all this shit. It's that's that's a side part. It's it's the fighters that are benefiting from this. So we're behind them. Keep going. Do it. Keep doing it. The keep only the way the captains would be interesting is if Luke Barnett actually had to fight Tyrone Spong. That that'd be poor old Luke Barnett. <laughs> that's why I said it would be interesting. Yeah. Um. But look. Anyway, we'll talk about them a little bit more. They have a show in a month's time. By all means promote it get to it we are going to be there ourselves the 27th of february for well sean mightn't be you'll be there for going ufc london for this card um a lot of top irish talents and prospects that are going to be on it and as sean said a little as sean said earlier on well-matched uh fights for young up-and-coming irish pros do you know what i mean you might as well be a hipster about it i hear your phone ringing guess who it is it's three Oh, answer him. Go no on. way. I'm ignoring the phone call. Uh, what? I'm, because I'm not talking to them. They're probably going on about my tweet. Unreal. <laughs> Wait, will I just answer it and uh, let it play out? 
Oh, on, yeah. No, if they ring me back, right, I'm going to answer it and us say nothing and just let them speak on the podcast. Okay, hello? Hello? Okay. Uh, hello. Uh, next is Andrew topic. Da- oh, my God, I need them to ring me back ASAP. Do you, do you know who that probably is ringing you? Who? It's probably, probably El Chapo on his prime. That's who it is. My house phone is ringing now as well, Sean. I'm actually <laughs> a little bit worried here that they're going to be annoyed. Do you want to pause the podcast and answer? No, it's all right. Uh, the, the ruling of Tom in our house is if... The house phone keeps ringing. If the, it's really important, they'll ring our mobiles. Yeah, that's that's a good rule to live by. Um, right. El Chapo in his prime. El Chapo in his prime. Conor McGregor presser. Okay, here it goes. I was out I of think... the country, but I managed through Facebook and spam articles. Got to see pretty much every good line through Don't funny videos me. on Facebook. Don't tell me you clicked on joke.ie. I did not. Don't worry. Good man. Um, look, basically... Presser went down. Conor McGregor versus Rafael dos Anjos. Michetes against uh, Holly Holm. Um, McGregor, <laughs> McGregor turned up about twenty minutes too late, wearing a, a, t- a shirt in you know an El Chapo shirt, the Mexican drug lord. The UFC put no belt on him. He proceeded to abuse Rafael dos Anjos. Dos Anjos kind of got generally more mad. Uh, he roared back a couple of times. McGregor shot him down. They stared off. The Sanyos did well in the stare off, and that was it. They all went home. Da, da, but it was <laughs> next topic. Uh, but it was here. It did, was, uh, did Connor uh, not beat the greatest pound for pound fighter in the world in December? And uh, take he his did. Belt? He, did. he won a belt, didn't he? Did he not win? And, Do you know one of those things that Dana White puts around your waist when you win? Yeah, the big metal thing. The thing Frank Fortida slammed down on his desk. One of those things. Yeah, yeah, the belt. But, yeah, was is he not? The featherweight champion? Been, did he lose? Did he lose it? Did Frank Yeager beat him? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he, can't, he can't wrestle. That's it. Frank Yeager oh, beat him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they just give the belt to Frankie because Connor won't be able to fight him. Chad Minda's got a full Fair camp enough. and he beat him. That's what happened. Yeah, that was, that's, Chad, that's Chad must have got a full camp between uh, the elders Chad, right now. Chad got a full camp. Never mind. <sighs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> like, that's oh, ridiculous. What a lot of bullshit. This is a super fight. We have argued up and down about super fights in this fucking podcast. This is a genuine super fight. This is the fight that the world needed to see. This is, you know, this is a champion versus champion fight. Lightweight against the featherweight champion. And the UFC put Conor McGregor up on a dais alongside Rafael Dos Anjos with his belt and have McGregor having no belt. Like, what? Uh, to steal a phrase from Luke Thomas, that's fucking promotional malpractice. That is, that's fucking ridiculous. What, what, like, what were they thinking? And uh, look, my theory here. We we were going to talk about it last week, but we we ran out of time, and we planned to talk about it this week anyway. But Potter's story a while back about UFC, you know, McGregor planning to go out and he's on he's on promotion. You know, it, this can only be a sign by the UFC. Uh, I'm not, not burying McGregor, oh, but they're, they're not putting even, him in his place. Yeah, they're not even they're trying to disguise it. Do no, you know what I mean? Not. And it's like, people are asking, is there an issue between Conor and the UFC? Didn't Dana reply and say, ask him what the issue is? Did Dana not say that at the press conference? You know, he said, um, there wasn't until now. That's what he said when McGregor turned up late. Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah. then. I thought I saw someone tweet saying, uh, I don't know, ask him. Ask him what the issue is. It's like, the UFC couldn't be any more obvious in trying to, like... Like, they think that they're hiding it. Through yeah. Dana tweeting back fans saying, no way, you goof. Me and Connor are tight, bro. Yeah. And then 
stuff like this happening. Connor should have had that belt in front, front of him. Connor has the opportunity to become the first two-weight UFC champion in history. The first person to ever do it. People have tried, people have failed. They promoted BJ Penn versus George St. Pierre as champion versus champion to the tits. And now, nope, Conor McGregor, no, no, no. He's fighting Desanos. He's the challenger. Yeah. Oh, he's the challenger, is he? Why are all of his promotional photos wearing the green champion shorts? Exactly. It's yeah. like, get your ducks in order before you start spinning a yarn. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is just... Yeah. And, like, a promotion's job is to promote. Also, like... Oh, sorry, go on. Go on. Like, look at the said like the Cage Warriors and other one. Like, they call them the World Championship belts. They, you know, they lie to promote. Like, they, they talk about... This is the promotion who said Hinn and was the pound-for-pound number one champion in the world. This is the promotion, like, that pulls out Alexander Gustafsson's, um, you know, he's he's reach stats and stuff just to promote the fight. I know you have a champion versus champion and you don't promote it that way. You promote it as, oh, this is a lightweight title shot. As if Conor McGregor, like, fought Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis and he earned his lightweight title shot. No, that's not what happened. He's fighting because he's the champion in one way. Rafael Dos Anjos is the champion in the other way. And they're meeting and fighting in a super fight. That's it. That's why the fight is happening. Frank Yeager, like, <coughs> Frank Yeager is waiting there for McGregor to fight at featherweight. There's other guys waiting at lightweight. So this is Jose is, Aldo. <laughs> so is Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, exactly. But this is, this is fucking just so bad. And it's, I think it's an obvious, obvious ploy by the UFC to, you know, to try to put McGregor in his place, to try to downplay, you know, what he's trying to do, to try to take back, you know, take back the fact that they want to be leading the promotion that they want they're the ones in charge and he's not the one in charge that's that's how i see it anyway what do you think so do you think there is any legs any truth any i was trying to think of another word for truth but whatever to the fact that conor mcgregor may be looking to go out on his own after his ufc deal expires there is talk online that he does not have a championship clause in his contract yeah I don't know. Like, before last week, before this press conference, I thought, no, no way. Like, I was talking to Bader about it. I, th- I told him, he mentioned on the radio the last, uh, the, and off the ball the last day, uh, the same thing. Oh, it was, I thought, I thought I saw it online. So he said it on off the ball. Oh, he said it on off the ball. He oh, wrote a, he wrote um, a article about it I don't listen to anything Jerry Bader does, no. he's useless, like, so obviously that's why. I couldn't, I couldn't fucking blame you. I don't know, no. I'm, you know, I'm 50-50 on it. The past tells you that it's not possible, that he's not going to do it. But Conor McGregor is, you know, he's different to everyone else. Um, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out, to be honest. It's uh, We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, just to, you know, in short, that, you know, how much is it going to cost to, to rent out Croke Park, to, you know, to, to get an octagon, to get, you know, how much is all this going to cost and he's going to have to foot that. And he's going to have to pay all the promotion. He's, you know, he's going to have to do everything. Um, that'd be difficult. But then he earns all the profits as well. But how, you know, that's a good way of going broke. Let's be honest. That's a, that's a good I way of losing so. money. I, I think if if Conor McGregor put on a show himself in Crow Park and had to like take all the expenses himself, as long yeah. as he sold the eighty thousand tickets. Yeah. Because like, let's, could, let's well, how be many? Uh, no, no. How many times can you do that? All he all he'd need to do is do it. I don't. I can't see like. To be honest, we've spoke about Connor's career length before, and I have said that I do think Connor will retire early 
as a as a fighter I do think he will retire before a lot of people think and unless it's the case that everything actually does turn out to be as easy as it has been for Conor so far that's the only reason Conor will keep fighting past like 30 years of age I can see yeah. Conor being done retired feet up never have to work a single day in his life again from 30 and then continue on with martial arts and training for the rest of his life right. um, it'd be great wouldn't it oh what to have that life yeah, but like for him to do that, that oh, yeah, that's the way you want to see all exactly. fighters going out. Like, and then yeah. maybe turn, then maybe go into promoting and set that up as a business. Like he yeah. apparently he has already already registered that within Ireland, has he? I, I, I actually I actually went and looked that up. I went and looked um, the uh, business registry thing and yeah. things, and I didn't see that there. So maybe maybe I wasn't looking in the right place. But maybe people you know, are spinning it, yarns again, Sean. <laughs> bother, Sean. What will bother? Her? But um, you know, it'd be easy enough to do. Like I'm sure he has some sort of business registered anyway. Because um, the the whole point of it that I was going to make, and I want to just jump back to one other thing as well. There was a thing at the press conference. What did Connor say about getting uh, eliminating the person who does all the graphics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. John Kavanagh, I think, got asked about it on Twitter as well, and he said that he thinks they're... I don't want to put words in his mouth. I think it was like, unimaginative. I completely agree that... like, I don't know why the UFC... The UFC have hardcore, loyal fan bases. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. fan-made promo, promo videos, the fan-made posters, the McGregor DeSanos red panty night poster would go Brilliant. down as the greatest UFC poster in history. You yeah. know what I mean, and there ha- that, that's not just that isn't just the first instance of an unbelievable poster being produced by a fan online. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Nick the Face, remember that guy? He used yeah. to do all the promotional videos. I Brilliant. still yeah. think of Rampage Jackson versus Leola Machida, UFC one two three. Yeah, best promo video of all time. Nick the Face did it. And, yeah, he was brilliant. I think he, I, I don't did think the UFC he, employ him. I do think the UFC might have given him a job. But yeah. I don't know why they don't let stuff like that be out there. Do you know what I mean? I know they're going on about their content, content and their property, digital property. But you have to, like, if you have fans passionate enough, willing to spend hours and hours and hours just to make a video about your own product, do you know what yeah. I mean? Then I think that should be well. Like, obviously there are, there are ones that always slip through. Do you know what I mean? That are like yeah. Zufa, probably Splinter accounts out there that are uploading them. <laughs> like, so I do, like they do let them, but. I think that is yeah. one big area that the UFC could completely over, overhaul. Don't get me wrong. UFC 189 was the change of the guard. The, Gary Cook was behind it all. New graphics come in. The on-screen presentation looked a lot slicker and cleaner than it's ever been before. But I think just yeah. outside of that, the online point of view, the UFC have a... Gr- they could get so much more, like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. on that, we need to talk about Simon Head's article before the end of this podcast. Yeah, we will as well. But the UFC... You made a great point there. I think it's like it's a lot of copy and paste stuff now and some of their posters and stuff. Obviously, like, you know, it, there's a fight announcement kind of poster and then there's the real posters and I don't think that's, that's out yet, but it, it's become very like that. And another thing, just before we leave the whole Conor McGregor topic, on, you know, him setting up his own promotion and all, do you remember when they were talking to him on, in the press conference about doing a movie? I think it was it John Morgan asked him or someone like that and he goes, he basically said, oh, I'm not sure if acting is for me, but it could be if I was... Uh, if I was in in talks with the UFC about a new contract or something like that, you know, it's a bar. He basically said it's a bargaining tool, and he was making comments about you know having to having to get the uh, the hotel rooms for uh, for Rafael dos Anjos when he visits Brazil and stuff. I know that was you know getting under his skin and stuff, but those things are thought out, and you know he, he says them to have meaning. So 
you know, that's that's a, another big thing. But last la, last thing on McGregor, what did you think of the whole El Chapo thing? There was a bit of hysteria online, and but you know, him what's the word? Um, glorifying this Mexican drug lord and things. What do you think? Do you think he was just having a crack or like? I, even... I honestly think right. I've noticed yeah. this about Conor McGregor recently, and I may be way off the mark here. When Conor started to get a bit of notoriety, he was yeah. dressed to the tits, looking unreal all the time, like flaunted his wealth. Now Conor McGregor is so rich, he can wear tracksuits anywhere and no one bats a fucking eyelid. Do you know, do you know that sort of way? You want to make it that much that you can wear a tracksuit anywhere that no one will say anything. I think Conor has actually gone back to his, like, I don't want to say gone back to his original self because he never actually changed. But the stuff that he comes out with now and the stuff that he posts online and uh, puts out there to people to be able to see is very similar and a lot like the Conor McGregor Cage Warriors just signed to the UFC, Dana, 60 Gs sort of thing. Am I I the only one getting that vibe? Um, The stuff that he's posting online, like, do you know what I mean? It's like a picture of him and D, him getting to see D again. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. him in loads of nice tracksuits, nice cars. He's soon the Sunday World as well. Yeah, He's I saw that. Action yeah. against the Sunday World. Um, but when it comes to the, like, I don't know. Maybe it was a poor choice of words from Connor. Connor has said in the past that he speaks and then thinks about the consequences afterwards. Uh, I, th- I think he thought about this for. I think what he does is, do you ever see like a comedian will come to town and say if there's like, after. If there was a comedian playing in, in you know, in Dublin and Dublin won the All Ireland before, they'd like they'd make so. Oh, did you see the match? And they'd make a joke about the match before, and you know, they'd do anything else or you know. I think Conor McGregor's trying to do that, like something relevant, something you know that's just happened because people are always talking about oh, his stick, his stick is getting a bit stale and stuff. And I think that's how he, you know, he keeps it up. He he's done things like this before, and I think the you know the whole El Chapo thing was in the news and all. I think that's basically what he what he was trying to do keep it keep it uh flowy keep it new keep it flowy yeah keep he keep his stick flowy and you know just that, uh, posing for the photo was absolute genius Unreal. as well. He did it. Unbelievable, but look. And it also I, gave, is, yeah. t- explain to me the picture. Is that has El Chapo been posed in a picture like that before? Yeah. Or I thought no, it was it's, like a promoter sort of thing as well. That he's Floyd Mayweather no. always shakes hands as well, doesn't he? But no, he was. Um, Sean Penn went over and had an interview with El Chapo, and then just before he got arrested, and there was a picture of Sean Penn and El Chapo, and it was El Chapo with the shirt that McGregor was wearing, basically standing, posing for a photo like that, the exact way McGregor was standing. <sighs> what so a was, man! Yeah, look, uh, for me, it didn't offend me or anything. Like personally, I, I don't really. I know bits and pieces about what El Chapo did, and he like he's responsible for thousands of deaths and stuff. Look, if you if you're offended by that, I you know I'm not going to argue with you. That's fair enough. Exactly. But personally, I thought I thought it was comedy. You know that that's what I thought it was. But maybe look, like if you're offended, fair enough. As well, why can't we say that he's playing on popular culture? That's you know exactly what, I mean? what he, I'm saying. Yeah, that's no, what he Narcos, does. one of the biggest hits on on television in the last year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People think Pablo Escobar is the man. The amount of people that were dressed up as Pablo Escobar for Halloween because of Narcos. You know shout, I mean? out to our boy, shout out to our boy AJ Buckley over on Twitter. He's in Narcos. Is he? Yeah, and do you know who else he is? Oh, do you know, um, you, oh he's in Entourage <coughs> as well, isn't yeah, he? Dave yeah, Dave and Entourage. I yeah, couldn't believe I saw that it. the other day. Oh, I was like, I've known this guy on Twitter for years and I never knew that was him. Didn't know he was famous. <laughs> I knew he was famous, but I didn't know he was that guy. That guy, yeah. yeah. He, he looks was, different now. Didn't he know looks he was different. that famous. 
It's mm-hmm. amazing how long ago Entourage was. Though. That that's like Entourage is a serious program, and the fact that yes. you can get through it so easy is like yeah. it's a twenty-minute episode. Like you know me, I hate I hate sitting down watching. I, I haven't watched Making a Murder yet, and like all of oh, you are. Oh, like, you need to talk about that. I see all of you talking about it, and I'm like, are you going to talk about Ray Darcy's piss up? No, or, I didn't watch. It. All right, um. I see everyone saying all these names, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. Like, I know it's making a murder. I just haven't been arsed watching it. Like, and it's not that oh, everyone's good. watching it, so I'm not going to watch it, sort of thing. It's just that I literally, I, I, I just can't sit down and watch stuff anymore. I don't know. I want to do a podcast on making a murder. Can we do that? <laughs> can we get? Can we get like PC's watching? Graham is watching. You need to watch it. We'll all sit down and make a, the severe, a, uh, a severe <laughs> making a murder case. Severe M A M. That's what we need to do. I, I was How someone do out there. We kill Dave Fogarty and then Dave just Fogarty. create our yeah. own one. We kill um kill Louis Van Hal and I reckon I could definitely frame him for murder. Don't kill him. Frame him for murder. I watched enough making a murder to to know I can frame <laughs> to be able to do it. But yeah, we might as well go on to the Simon Head article now. What did you think of that? Uh, I it's thought it was very, very, very good. Explain and what he says to people who have, mightn't have read it. So. Uh, Sean retweeted it and I retweeted it I think last night so if you want to read the article in full go on and do it but Simon Head is a guy who's been around the UK scene for a while most importantly he also worked with BT Sport so he was brought in I believe thinking and then what his job turned out to be was pretty much nothing what he thought it was going to be at the start he was more on the digital side of things Um, he pretty much explained very very well how BT Sport dropped the ball completely with their UFC coverage. Um, first of all, it was pretty much in the wording of the deal that they got all UFC rights when they started in 2013. But, you know, Sean, unlike popular belief, some people did not watch Conor McGregor's UFC debut on Fight Pass uh, because it was not because <laughs> it was not a thing at the time. No, so, it didn't exist. And, like, obviously, you know, we... We, you and me, you and me, when we're on this podcast, like we just talk shit. Like, do you know what I mean? We, we're not yeah. experts or anything by any means. Obviously, obviously, form. obviously, that's uh, pretty clear. But we do our best, and sure, give it a listen. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, when it comes to something like this, though, BT Sport have dropped the ball. So when Fight Pass uh, was invented, one final time, not in 2013, uh, yep. people. New fights were on. So the UFC European cards were exclusively on Fight Pass. If you had a BT subscription, you didn't see UFC Krakow, you didn't see Berlin, you didn't see UFC Dublin. You saw them on different channels that had negotiated rights with the UFC. That was the first thing. The second thing was how Beyond the Octagon was pretty much a flop from the start. Uh, Even their McGregor, I'll rest your balls on the forehead thing, barely registered on the barb ratings. But he did concede that Fighting Talk, which I was supposed to be on, and it got cancelled... Best thing ever. Oh, uh, I, I was the one who told you it was cancelled as well. I felt bad. Remember that? Yeah, you were the one that told me, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's why they haven't. That's why they stopped replying to my emails." <laughs> uh, so that was that was fair enough. That was doing well, and then they pulled it. Do you know what I mean? Then they started scheduling <laughs> UFC stuff against Champions League stuff. So Simon Head is, was pretty much chronological, chrono, chronologically pointing out everything along the way. Very, very good. Then he starts talking about the benefit that the UFC would have been on Sky Sports News. Sky Sports. This, I, how I haven't thought about this, he pitched it perfectly. This is the selling point for why the UFC should be on Sky. If you wanted to be seen by more people, what better way than Sky Sports News? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine a Conor McGregor fight 
with coverage on Sky Sports News from Las Vegas yeah. going every hour. It's coming up every hour, hour yeah. on their news ticker. Do you know what I mean? Open workout footage. Do you know what I mean? Interview footage. Weigh-in footage. Do you know what I mean? Other fights. Promote other fighters that way. Like Sky Sports News could be this secret key that the UFC need to finally break into the mainstream in the UK and Ireland. I was actually talking to Simon about that last night <clears throat> after I, I tweeted out, you hit the nail on the head there. That, you know, that's what they need. And I know people don't like it. This is, there's an important point to make here. I think it's, if it went to Sky, I think it'd be generally bad for the current MMA fans because a lot of MMA fans aren't big sports fans. You know, they're just martial arts fans or fighting fans. Look, and that's fair enough, but if you want this sport to go to the next level, um, it, it, it's Sky is the place to do it. As you say, Sky Sports. Look at the way they've treated netball. Net fucking ball. The, the most boring, useless sport in the world. And our January was netball month on Sky Sports News. Imagine if they did that for the UFC. Like it, it, it'll grow hugely. Um, one more hugely important thing as well to say is. Sky are not going to put MMA or UFC on pay-per-view no. in, in the foreseeable future. It's on the middle of the night. It doesn't have a big enough fan base. It'd be just be ridiculous. They pay the rights to have this, and you get you know you get five thousand people buying a pay-per-view. You're better off just you know they, they know they're not stupid. Eventually, have this maybe that's be, what eventually, they will yeah. look at. Like look at the WWE. The WWE is still um, is still on pay-per-view. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think it's only a couple of events a year. No, it's all of them now. All of them now? Couple. Yeah, all of them. I was just thinking that the other day. Yeah, the, It's but, because of the WWE Network, though. Yeah, I so think. can you still get the WWE Network pay-per-views in the UK if you're signed up? Or is that region blocked? No, it's it, you can get the WWE Network in, in uh, the UK. It's 14 pound, euros. No, I no, think. I know that. But are the pay-per-views still included in that price like they are in the US yeah. one? All right, okay, yeah. I get you. I thought it was like a five-pass thing that some stuff might be region-blocked depending on where it's being shown in that country. No, no, you can get it uh, in the UK and Ireland as well. Well, then. But, yeah, like, I know it'd be bad. For, for Personally, for me, I have Sky anyway. I'm a big sports fan. I watch all the soccer on, so it'd be okay for me. But I can, like, I can see it being bad. You know, people... What is, I think mine is fucking 66 euro a month for, for Sky with Sky Sports alone. Sky Sports is very, very expensive, but yeah. the majority of sports fans haven't. If you want to break into the sports fans in, in the UK and in Ireland, that's that's where you go. And another exactly. huge thing as well. Bookies. Sky yeah. Sports News on in a bookie. It's on exactly, in every yeah. bookie in the UK and like, Ireland. The first thing I do if I try on a telly, Sky Sports News straight away, and how many people are like that? Like everyone. I, I used to be like that, but now I yeah. just don't turn the telly on. Another huge thing as well is Sky have been trying to make a play into Irish sports a lot over the last few years. Um, they've had big bits of the soccer they've had, you know, Northern soccer they've had, GA, uh, the hurling, the football, yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of stuff. Eddie Hearn has brought boxing cards over to Belfast, but... Um, Matthew Macklin fought in Dublin. I think that was on Sky. Loads of things like that. You think Conor McGregor, the biggest sports star in the UK and Ireland? Well, well, okay, I'm going a bit mad now. But star combat sports star, UK and Ireland. But he like, copied everything off Tyson Fury. <laughs> they're building Anthony Joshua like you know, like Conor McGregor has been built. You think they wouldn't want another one? They, they'd love to have Conor McGregor, even though. This is the most important thing I think with the with the whole deal. I think it'd go to Sky only for. They don't like the sport, and we, we know they don't like the sport. Remember Dana White said it. They didn't deny it. Um, 
you know, Sky Sports don't like MMA, but they like money, and they don't like the fact that they've lost like rugby, they've lost business, soccer to yeah. BT. They like good business, yeah, and Conor McGregor is good business for them, and the UFC could be good business for them as well. So, uh, look, there you go. I, so, I think sport to, needs Sky. I think exactly. sport needs Sky. To, uh, to summarise again, we'll put it out on the podcast link as well, on the podcast Twitter later on, as well as the, this podcast. Uh, Simon Head, uh, or go follow him on Twitter as well because it was a very, very, very well put together piece of writing, to be fair, yeah. and just had all the facts, top to bottom, nice chronological order, and even give his own opinion on maybe what should happen, where it should go, and what the best way to do it is. So, yeah. uh, two thumbs up. Well, four, because yeah. Sean give it two as well, and I give it two. I give it two as well, yeah. Excellent. All right, a couple of small things just before we get into the questions. Um, Excellent, I may as what well go open the questions. Go open the questions. I'll give you my opinion on this so first for you to Claudia Gadelia versus Joanna Injacek as as tough um, coaches. I believe they started filming yesterday. Final nail in the tough coffin. Uh, look, the worst thing, the first, the first thought I had about this when it came out, and I think, you know, I, tell, I told a lot of I were the same. I was like, I don't want to wait for this fight. Yeah. And like, I don't care about tough. Anymore, like uh, the only reason I watched Tough the last while, look, I watched Clan McGregor's and I watched it because um, Lava was in, and I watched it when Pindred was in, and I watched it nationally. Just the Irish people that I care about, like if, you know, I would have watched it for Ryan Hall probably last year as well because I think he, like he's really good and stuff. But if someone, you know, I need someone on the show that's really good. The coaches are not something that I care about. The coaches need to be people who don't have title fights, who don't have fights, you know, they're huge fights. Use tough to build their fight. BJP in against Nick Lins. Why wasn't that? Why weren't they cut tough coaches? Diego Sanchez and Joe Lawson. Someone like that. They're the people you want as tough coaches. You know, two older guys. You know, Mark Hunt against um, Joe, uh, Brian Nelson. I know they fought before, but someone like that. You know, Josh Barnett against Mark Hunt. Or someone like Josh Barnett's an interesting character. I think he'd be good on like Frank Mir. Put him on it again. You know, there's just plenty of people there that you could put on it. Like, um, stalling a champion, the, the, the strawweight division is a division that's still settling, and there's still lots of people there. You know that are worthy of you know coming on to fight for title shots. Obviously, Joanna has been uh, been um, a very dominant champion so far. We want to see that Gadelia fight. There's a couple more fights there. I want to see. I think Rose Nami Yunus is, is coming on strong. You're holding up the division completely <clears throat> to, to like, make a TV show. Like, and it's ridiculous. I, I think it's as you said, the final coffin in this thing. I, you know, McGregor saved it for one year, and even then, like, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a huge hit or anything. But you know, we're looking for a fight coming on as well. I think it's uh, um, the Ultimate Fighters on its last legs. Hopefully, you know what's worse about it? Sorry, I was just oh. putting my blanket around me there. It's a bit cold in this room. Uh, do you like? The UFC, I think, in their head are thinking, this is going to make Joanna champ, uh, a star in the US because there's going to be eyes on her and it's tough, uh, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, like that is a fight that we want to see as soon as possible. Do you know what I mean? Now, fair enough, injury maybe is the reason that they're doing the tough as well so she can recover a little bit longer, still have her in the public eye and then the fight can happen after a little bit of anticipation and build up it's also going to happen on the biggest fight week of the year so there will be more eyes on it as well so I can see that it makes sense in terms of getting more eyes onto the division a little bit better but 
I'm completely on your side here. I think the UFC, for tough, if they're going to keep doing it, just need to do grudge. Do you know what I mean? Like something grudge match. Forget about champions fighting at the end of it. That holds up divisions for far too long. Do you know what I mean? Because what happens yeah. if Joanna Jinjacek gets injured? Do you know what I mean? But gets injured between now and the fight, but it's after a point where she would have been fit and healthy enough to compete if she hadn't tough obligations before that. Yeah. That's when you start like wondering, like, oh, we, we missed the opportunity here with this one. Like, I, I'm down for Joe Lozon coaching on tough. I'm definitely down for, uh, what was the other one you said? Barnett. Um, Mark Hunt, Nine Nelson, no, Diego Sanchez, Diego Sanchez, and that'd be brilliant. Diego Lozon Sanchez, Sanchez. Lozon. no, but there was another one, two other guys. Oh, I can't remember. I feel so stupid. As soon as get, you said it, Tim I was Kennedy, like, get Tim Kennedy on it. Get Tim Kennedy on it. Tim Kennedy and Vitor Belfort. And Imagine Joe that Romero. No, a guest coach no, every week. No photos. No photos. even then, it's John. We're basically just saying that to get two guys that really don't matter in the, you know, I'm not saying don't matter, but don't matter in the championship picture at the moment. In there, two guys or girls that don't matter. Like, you know, why? What, what's have the... we gone an hour and four minutes without mentioning Super Sage Northcutt's fighting this weekend? Great man. Great man. We might as well move on to that, so yeah. Welterweight. Super Sage Northcutt. In Barbarina. I, I like the way the first thing um, people were talking about when this was announced is, oh, this is a huge step up in class for Sage Northcutt. I, yeah, I don't think it is. Brian Barbarina isn't that great. Although Sage was, didn't look good in his last fight, I have to be honest. And I mean, you know, I'm Sage's biggest fan. He looked pretty bad in his last fight. It was the fight. small cage. That was all it was. Don't worry about it. Small cage if, caught him off. If you're a betting man <laughs> on this fight, I don't think Sage is that good. I don't think Brian Barberina is that good or whatever his name is. He's almost 4-1 to one to win this fight. If you're a fiver like, that you you know you didn't mind never seeing again, I wouldn't mind sticking on Brian Barberina. But hopefully say, my boy Sage comes through and wins this fight. Um, I, I think he's, he probably he's easily going to surpass Conor McGregor within the next year as being the most called out fighter in UFC history. Probably, yeah. So many, And you know what? That's going to change because the whole Conor McGregor moving up to 155 makes it become the money division. Do you know what I mean? But these guys are starving. Do you know what I mean? They're going to want to fight Sage. They're going to want to try to get up towards Conor. Uh, 155. Like, do you think we live in a world where Sage Northcutt eventually fights Conor McGregor? I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to say. He's only 19 the and he looks very would explode, like. Yeah. It, it could happen. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. I, d- I don't think Sage Northcott is his championship right. level uh, prospect at the moment. I, I, I think he's a very good prospect, but he has big deficiency in his games. Like, what was the name of that last guy he fought? Um, Cody Fister. He didn't look good against Cody Fister. He looked very like he reminded me a little bit of you know Paige Van Zandt um, in in her early fights, and she's improved a little bit as well. Obviously, he's only nineteen. Let's l- listen. He's he's still very new to it. He's only what four or five fights in. Um, he'd improve a lot, but at the moment, I wouldn't say that. But if put him, he's an athletic beast. If he gets back to TriStar for a little bit more, puts enough work in, I wouldn't rule it out. Like I wouldn't rule it out. But at the moment, I wouldn't say so. Um, I I think three customer care man has just revealed himself to me. Who was it? Oh no, he says no. I was just reading it. Damn it! Mm. He's off the hook. He's off the hook. Um, Sean, anything else before yeah. we get on to some questions? Yeah, uh, Josh Barnett been Rockwell. How did you see that one going? Do you want me to tell you how I see it going? Yes. I 
<laughs> I think Josh Barnett will push him against the cage. I think Josh Make will win just for the... fights, otherwise. Yeah. Just for the record. Me too. Um, Anthony Johnson, Ryan Bader. Your boy, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. By Rumble. a country mile, yes. Yeah. I think Ryan Bader is a good fighter. I've said it before that he's one of the most underrated fighters in, in the UFC. I, I think I Rumble Johnson is a tough fight for yeah. anyone. Yeah. I, I can't see it. Like, to, to be able to... I don't want to use the the whole, oh, no wrestler will be able to withstand Anthony Johnson because Daniel Cormier did it. Yeah. But <clears throat> Ryan Bader is not Daniel Cormier's level. Do you know what no. I mean? Ryan, Ryan Bader does not have Daniel Cormier's weathering capabilities, if that yeah. makes any sort of sense. I can see Johnson being able to just demolish him. Like, this, is, this is the one-year anniversary, Sean, of my pick of, uh, of my Tug Life video of... Uh, Anthony, oh, Anthony Alexander Gustafsson and Anthony Johnson. Nice. For, uh, for real, though. I think the biggest problem with Ryan Bader is that he has been chin-checked before and he's been knocked out cold before. Leona Machida knocked him out cold. Glover Teixeira knocked him out cold. I think Anthony Johnson will probably do the same. Let's be honest. Look, the biggest thing when fighting Anthony Johnson, obviously, you know, we talked about blueprint, blueprint Pettis last week. There's a blueprint to beat Anthony Johnson as well, but it's a lot tougher of a blueprint. And you're probably going to get punched in your fucking chin a few times to, 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 um, to, to work that out. But obviously, it's the weather disarm. You know, bring Anthony Johnson into the second and third round. Take him down. Tire him out. That's how you beat Anthony Johnson. I don't know. I don't think Ryan Bader can do that. I think Anthony Johnson is good enough at stuffing the takedowns. He's good enough at getting his back off the fence, um, to, to for long enough to land enough shots to knock Ryan Bader out. Um, and I, I think that's exactly what will happen. I, I'd like to see Ryan Bader win, though. I'd like to see him win because I think him he, versus know, John Jones for the title would be hilarious. Uh, it would, but I think he deserves it. I like seeing guys like that. You know, he's improved all his career, his whole career. He's improved. And he's a hard, obviously a hard-working guy. I think you know. Yeah, I think he's, like, I think he's a very good fighter, and I'd like to see him win, but I don't George, think he will. George Sadaropoulos had seven-fight win streak in the lightweight division, yeah. and was nowhere near a title shot. Dennis Bermudez had six or seven, and he was nowhere near a title shot. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, putting a run together at light heavyweight, although it's like it's an, obviously a weaker division. So he's what he has done. He's half. He's had to beat tougher people than say those guys would have had to be to get on their run streaks but I see where you're coming from that the best guy or the guy on the best run should probably get a title shot to reward him with it but yeah. look at 205 for the next while like do you know what I mean John Jones is coming back to fight Daniel Cormier in April April May time uh, that's something that we need to see do you know what I mean I am 100% behind Anthony Johnson fighting John Jones as well at 205 I think the only reason yeah, that would keep sure. John Jones at 205 is the fight with Anthony Johnson, not another fight with Bader. So you're saying, yeah, that's true. And I'm uh, saying, like, like, Bader, just, Bader, fair enough. You're a good guy, you're going to get your title shot, but let John Jones come back, punk two guys, go up to 265, and then that's your best chance. Yeah. Like, if I'm Ryan Bader, I want John Jones up at heavyweight. I don't want to try fight John Jones for that title. <laughs> Do you know true, what I mean? Yeah. Try fight the other guys for that belt. Wait till John Jones leaves the division. Do you know and, what I mean? You've, yeah. you've, you've already experienced it once, and he was probably off his tits on coke. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. You don't want this again, like. Yeah. I think the thing as well, you made a good point there about it being so light. You know, John Jones is going to go up eventually. And I think Ryan, Ryan Bader is good enough, you know, he's too good not to get a title shot maybe with, with a division that's so light. So hopefully. But the one thing about Ryan Bader, I respect him so much because he, like, look at all the guys he's fought. Keith Jardine, Antonio Hajiria Nogueira, 
uh, Rogerio Nogueira, John Jones, Tino Ortiz, Quinton Jackson, Leona Machida, Glover Teixeira, Phil uh, Davis, Rashad Evans. Look, all those tough guys he has fought. You know, I, I love when, like, I spoke with Matt Brown as well yesterday out there on Twitter fighting Damian Maya. Ta- I love guys like that who take the hard fights, and I think they deserve it. They deserve to get uh, get title shots, maybe uh, not easier, but they deserve to get them at some stage, anyway. So I'd like to see that. And how, just on that, uh, Matt Brown, Damian Maya, how quickly do you think he'll chalk him out? Fairly quickly, to be honest. Yeah. Damian for life. And... To be honest, uh, he is a win over Matt Brown. I think you're fair enough to say to Damian Maya, okay, you get your title shot. But then yeah. again, there is a little bit of uh, there is a little bit of Ryan Baderism to Damian Maya getting a one fifty five one seventy title shot as well. Yeah, it's like yeah, you've like just beat someone decent one more time. Do you know that sort of way? It's like yeah. go on, just take someone out in the top five there. Like I know you're you're taking out guys that are in and around, but just do it like. Yeah. Um, he'll have to wait for Wonderboy to win the title in his own. obviously yeah. well obviously once Wonderboy wins the title and yeah. the earth implodes then Damian Maia will probably have his chance it'll be a tough fight uh, for Wonderboy actually you know tough fight but uh, first round knockout probably okay before, some, qu- some questions before we get on to the questions yes would you care to remind our beautiful listeners about the competition before we get on to questions while I bring up the best questions I shall, yes. Uh, as I said at the start of the podcast, all you have to do to win this six-part Notorious DVD, we, we'll even get Graham to sign it for you if you want, producer of the show. All you have to do Surely is head on over. he can come up yeah. with a McGregor-signed one. He definitely uh, has a hundred well, of them in his house. He, he doesn't. He was looking for one. He was trying to get one, but he, he actually doesn't have one left. But look, the DVD is enough. Anyway. He might get someone to sign it for you if, if he's it. around. I'll us. sign it. I'll be in Graham's uh, house yeah. today. I will personally sign. No, I will include a personal handwritten note. There you go. With the letter of the of the podcast. There you go, and you can take a selfie of me and put it in with it. Oh no, you can't do that actually. No, yeah, Andrew will put in a note. Okay, all you have to do is head on over to iTunes, give us a five star rating, write us a little bit of review, <laughs> 10, 15 words. Jesus Christ! Uh, screenshot it, send it to at Severemepod. Include your Twitter handle in the in the review. Do we need to it? get them to screenshot it? If we if we I, see it ourselves on iTunes, can that be okay? That'd be okay, but but screenshot it anyway. We'll it, just it'll be easier to to, to um keep everything to together. keep everything in order. And like if you want to do it in Podcast Republic, if you want to do it in Stitcher, by all means do that as well. Screenshot it, send it over to us, um because you know we'll we'll look, but we might see all them SoundCloud anywhere you want to do it. Just do it there. But iTunes is is the main one. Do it in all of them. Do it in a couple of them. I know I'm on iTunes. I'm on um, Stitcher. I'm on. I'm on uh, Podcast Republic. Do it in all of them. Send it over to us. And uh, we'll pick one person at random to win. Excellent. Questions? Three. Questions, Andrew. We have uh, covered a lot of them throughout the show. So, yes. uh, Kieran Stapleton wanted us to talk about Kane. Uh, Robert Burke, I brought up your Verdun point about defending the belt three times. The greatest mm-hmm. heavyweight of all time. Uh, Nick Williams, we talked about the McGregor quotes from the 197 press conference. Sean, what did you think was the best one? His best quote, um, oh God, what did you think? I can't remember. I thought, I didn't like the one about, I actually thought the best quote from the whole press conference was Rafael de Sanya's quote. He's talking Spanish, he's not even talking, talking Portuguese. I fucking lost my shit, that was so funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Um, what did he say? Ah, 
I didn't I didn't particularly like the one where he, he brought his children up and called them Bob and Donald. I didn't particularly like that. But I like the way he's going on that he's gonna do it about for Brasilia. Like that's I'm being completely wrong about the pronunciation, like saying La Brasilia and stuff <laughs> like that as well is just the best like ultimate trolling like. No, I'm I'm not a big fan either of him this whole Oh, you're not a real Brazilian. You're in America. You know, I'm. I think that's a bit of a cheap way to to promote it. I think he's, you know, he's better just talking As, shit. Especially to him, when really. the team alpha male guy spent so much time saying about how Conor McGregor was moving to California and how he practically yeah. spent all of 2015 in America, or yeah. a lot well, of it. Like my favorite thing was when he said when um, Rafael Sainz said, "Oh, he's coming to my division," and then McGregor called out like his size, his reach, and yeah. you know, he's that's. That, that I think that was, was the best. Yeah, exactly, and that's bad original Connor there. Like that's yeah. textbook Connor. Like he did it before with the featherweights. Remember, he rattled off six or seven featherweights heights and reaches, saying yeah. how he's better than them all. And um, so that was I co-sign on that one, Sean. Good work, cool. uh, Luke Masterson. Hey. We did speak about this as well a little bit about Connor uh, setting up his own promotion splits from the UFC so uh, thanks for your question hopefully we covered it enough earlier on um, oh, just just one other thing as well did you did you know that we inadvertently Kenny Florian friend of the podcast from the comment event podcast did you know that explain that to me do you know the way we call people friend of the podcast yeah the co-main event podcast with Ben Fox and Chad Mendes, or they Chad Mendes, well, Chad Dundas had been they had been doing it before us, and I realized last night how it happened. Um, one of the early podcasts, like like four podcasts, like four or five, someone tweeted in and go and said, um, "Can I be a friend, a friend of the podcast or something like the CME?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we we can make him. A, you know, you could be a friend of the podcast." And then people just started like tweeting us friend of the podcast all the time, and then we just started very, saying it. very. I had no idea. Yeah, and I'm not and saying they, like I yeah. used to listen to that podcast when I commuted on the bus, but now I listen to very little stuff because I just don't have the time. So that, I only realized because this they had stopped saying it, and they said it last week in the podcast. I was like, oh fuck yeah! Oh shit, we Kenny Florian oh, someone. Yeah, we we Kenny Florian. What would you look? Well, you see, I don't know if it was repetition or instinct from listening to so many hours of the MMA hour, but I'm sorry if I have stolen the intro as well because I I I do sometimes open the show with back in your life. Yeah, but yeah, you haven't been doing it much anymore. I don't think no, you used to. I, I think I used to. I like unintentional. Do you know what I mean? Because it is stuck like, in your head, and we're not sh- Kenny Florians. Yeah, so we're like we're like you know when bands take samples from other yes. bands that or they, they enjoy. Songs. That's us. Like a uh, Public That's Enemy, it. harder than you think. Yeah, the Killers have done it a few times. Yeah, there you go. Or That's we're true. like That's a us. super group, a rock super group. Yeah, we're um, not getting rid. Of, we're not getting rid of the podcast either. We're just going to no, keep doing it, staying, and it's so. going on shirts. So buy loads of them. Fact. Uh, speaking of Rumble Johnson or Beta, we cover that. You see, I'm just looking through ones that we've talked talked about and we don't want to uh don't want to cover okay it looks like we're going pretty good here sean first question from dan's nobly on twitter how about the second referee watching monitors ringside so he she can spot eye pokes or anything the ref misses would it go down the whole it takes too much time debate like in football with the goal line cameras i think some judges have already judged the fights outside of the arena watching on a television before if i'm correct I think Ricardo yeah, Almeida has done... Uh, it's happened in New Jersey, maybe? Yeah. But he's talking about a referee. A second oh, referee. I'm just like, that, so it seems like oh, yeah. commissions are okay with it. I definitely agree with this. I would yeah. like that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him try it. 
I think I, I, you know, I'd be okay with it. I think it's a pretty good idea. Um, you know, if, if there's an iPod, the, the thing about you know stopping the thing, and if there is an iPod, a, an iPod, it's stopped anyway, so that isn't really an issue. You know, so I think there's no problem stopping the fight if it's you know if it's genuine iPod take a point or you know last warning or whatever if it isn't an ipoc then give that guy a warning for fucking you know Luis suarez in it pretending he got ipoc and um if he does it again take a point from him as well so yeah i think that's a fair enough you know or if it's deliberate ipoc if you judge to be deliberate take a point straight away I'm, have, I'm down for that we have a bit of a joint question here ronan duffy and stephen fitzpatrick uh, both have a similar question. Given the thought of Crow Park is dead this year, do you see the UFC returning to Ireland at all this year? Or should the UFC look at Cardiff or another UK stadium that has a roof for a potential McGregor fight? In the words of that guy at the press conference from like 18 months ago, fuck Wales, boy, fuck Wales. No, they're not going to I don't think they should bring a show back to Ireland this year. We've said it a couple of times before. Wait till next year, you know, 2017. I think that's the that's the ticket. Bring him back early next year. St. Patrick's Day, 2017. Um, David Nutty, Nutty one. David wants to know: fried egg on a burger, good decision or bad decision? One good rasher decision. is always a must. Good decision. I would agree with that. I have yeah. been known to have a fried egg on a burger. I had one over in Portugal. It's delicious. Oh, delicious. You know, Might have one today, actually. Might have one. There you go. Um, Fraser. Friend of the podcast, FRAZ1001. Not my post, but a good post to discuss. Uh, it's from the underground. Connor has never lost a round in the UFC. Have you ever seen Connor back up in a fight with his back in the cage? Have you ever seen RDS back up and put in the cage? Yes. For Frankie Edgar, everyone go watch Frankie versus Charles Oliveira. Tell me if you really believe that he beats Connor. Frankie got tagged with heavy shots 15 times, was stuffed over and over again. Chad is 10 times the wrestler as as Dos Anjos. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Chad's a way better Chad wrestler. Chad was stuffed by Connor three times. Yeah. Khabib has said Dos Anjos is a weaker wrestler than Chad. He did, yeah. He's been stuffed by strikers countless times. Has a horrible double leg. 18 UFC fights, two submissions versus Kamal Shalarus and Terry Etim. And was once the most hit fighter in the lightweight division according to Fight Metric. Yeah, the only thing there, McGregor, I think McGregor will knock him out, to be honest. Um, McGregor, he did lose that first round against Chad Mendes on the, please, Graham, don't give out to me. I know your feelings, just don't, please. I think the scorecards, he lost it on that, so he has lost a round in the first one. But I, I, I think Mendes is a superior wrestler, but what Dos Anjos is brilliant at is being well-rounded, being an all-round good fighter everywhere. I, as I said before, don't think he's an elite fighter anywhere. Um, and I think McGregor will win. Brian McLaughlin, BMC Dublin, friend of the podcast. Do you lads know how many of the Fighters Only Journalist of the Year nominees actually vote on the UFC fighter rankings? In Zero. case nobody heard that, Sean just laughed at the Fighters Only Awards. Probably rightfully so, because we didn't get and any sort of nomination, so it's obviously bullshit. But also, in relation to your UFC fighter rankings... Generally, it is media that aren't held in the best regard, maybe? Yeah. I don't know if that's I, the right word. I went through it there a while back. 
Um, and I think there was very few two reputable or three I've heard, I've heard of. Yeah, remember that one guy that I was kind of going back and forth with there for what? Oh, the guy that he, took McGregor off the pound for pound rankings after he beat Aldo. That guy. Yeah, and put put him put Frank Edgar above him after he beat Aldo. Hilarious. That was that was a bit mad. Not uh, petty at all. Uh, Jamie nope. Dominican wants to know, Sean, any thoughts on the Royal Rumble? Did you watch it? I, I did watch it, and I I watched it the next morning. And I enjoyed it. Um, it was I thought it was very very good until the end, like uh, Triple H. I always, yeah, I always think the end of the Rumble gets a bit lackluster when you have five yeah. guys left and you know there's going to be twenty minutes of action, but when there's guys coming in and there's eliminations all over the place, the the, the debut of the phenomenal one, Sean. 2006, Andrew McGann's wet dream has finally come through. AJ Styles in the UFC. Oh, the, I've never seen him wrestle until the Royal Rumble. Really? I was very, yeah, I was very he impressed. He did with him. not look a bit out of place at all. He looked very you know good. I like I mean? his, his spinning elbow. He is, like he is the man. Okay, I was like a couple of delicious moments on in the Rumble. Uh, didn't Kevin Owens eliminate him? Yeah. Welcome to the WWE is what yeah, he said that's to Because yeah, like they that. would have fought before back in the independence. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's that was beautiful to see. But then Kevin Owens got uh, got thrown out by uh, Sami Zayn, aka El Generico, aka one of the guys that he was uh, that he's fought alongside in Ring of Honor. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then he says, Welcome back to the WWE and he throws him out of the ring. So for me, a couple of nice like moments. Uh, within the Rumble and nice to see guys that I'm fans of getting a bit of a push but outside of that Triple H winning what is going on there Stupid. best for business I, I think it's good it makes him the ultra heel which he, if he already was they're trying so hard to make Roman Reigns likeable and it's just mm-hmm. not like people cheered when he got I like him I like him too but people were cheering when he got out of the Rumble do you know what I mean? People were going, yeah, he's gone like, and The Rock came back last night I didn't see that oh fucking spoiler alert Oh, sorry, Thanks. have you not watched Raw? You didn't know? Oh, I didn't watch it, yeah. Oh. Oh, it's all right. It's I'm okay. so sorry. When my day and I'm... I watch Raw in like 35 minutes. I've just forwarded to all the matches. Just skipped everything, yeah. yeah. Uh, JF Murphy wants to know, for the jiu-jitsu fetish, fetishes... Ugh, can't even pronounce that. Who is the best Irish grappler involved in MMA today? Um, I'll answer know. this. Uh, uh, if, like... Does he mean like that fights in MMA... Yeah, it means like, is it McGregor? Is it Peter Quigley? Is it Kiefer Crosby? Is it probably Paul Redmond to be honest? Paul Redmond or James Gallagher? Well, Connor is a black is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. If yeah. I'm gonna go with the outside pick here, you say involved in MMA today. That means involved in an MMA team. Stephen Lowry from Team Rhino has the really? best has the best jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I have. Ah uh, no, he means MMA fighter. Stephen Lowry's never fought in MMA. Is he? Stephen Lowry has fought MMA before. Has and he? He's back oh, hitting enough, pads so. as well. So who knows what the future holds from this year. But uh, I've rolled with Stephen Lowry. I've rolled with Redzer. And Stephen Lowry is just a slick. Like he's, it's, he's like a muscle. He's not a human. He's, he is Ido Portal. The Irish Ido Portal is Stephen North Lowry. North Korea. Kim, Kim Jong-un. Jong-un. Did you see him painting, painting a wall yesterday? With the Della Heba hook. Yeah. Brilliant. Very good. Um, let us look. Oh, of course, Daniel Bradley. Powerful DBE. Nemesis of the podcast. Daniel Bradley has started answering questions that other people ask to the podcast. <laughs> what a what man. Uh, Rockhold and Rumble versus Jones and Travis. Who wins? Headbutts and eye pokes are allowed. Rockhold versus Rumble. Rumble. Versus Jones and Travis. Oh. You know, I'd like to see Rockhold versus Rumble fight. Versus Jones and Travis. 
Uh, I'm assuming uh, me, this is a tag team. Tag team, individual yeah. Matchups. I, I said Jones and Travis Brown. Would get the They're win. Bigger. Yeah, scumbag yeah. fighters. Um, yeah. What happens to Punk's debut if Mickey Gall loses or gets injured in the fight at UFC 196? I'll tell I you what, gonna... Daniel Bradley. Looking for a fight gets an extra episode. That's what happens. <laughs> at Bama. <laughs> Bama, yeah, on the night of UFC London. Um, this was obviously a weird one to me. Why, why are they making Mickey Gall fight? Just yeah. keep him for CM Punk. It's just what happens? ridiculous. He may get hurt, like. Yeah. Oh. Maybe this guy he's fighting is just stone useless altogether, and they're trying he's to put him a over. MMA media guy. I know, yeah. It's Mike Jackson. Of me being me fighting Mickey Gall. Well, not really, because he's fought before, but whatever. You probably submit him, would you? Look. I'm not going to make any more bold predictions after the European Championships last week. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Just so how'd, you get, how'd you get on? Badly. Uh, won my first two, lost on advantage points in the last in the third fight to yeah. a guy from Angola. And he got to the last eight before being beaten. So in my head, I'm at the level that I can get to the last eight. So that's okay. We'll plow on from here. That's all right. Perseventera. Um, also, Irish... Uh, Shout out to Dylan Nooney, fan of the Severe MMA podcast. Silver oh, yes. medal at the IBJJF European Championships. Hashtag she what fan. A man. He is a she fan as well. Yeah. Um, I have three Irish pals who are McGregor fans but don't watch MMA. How many McGregor fans in Ireland actually like the sport? We did not shitload. do a complete census, unfortunately, but as <laughs> Sean said, a shitload. It is the fact, it is the reason why if Conor McGregor went independent, did Crow Park and just promoted himself with the main event, it would sell out. And that's because people are in the Conor McGregor business, not the UFC business. I'd say 90% of people in Ireland who like MMA are just McGregor fans. Big call. I disagree Mm -hmm. with you, but we'll not get into the logistics of it. What would you you think? How many? I I think it's stupid to put a percentage on something like that. Sure, sure. I've already met 8,000 people that have been in the the Helix that night. McGregor beat Bushinger. Do you know what I mean? Or people that have been following him from the early days, like when he fought Brimage on Fight Pass. Do you know what I mean? And people who were so excited about him beforehand, fighting on Cage Warriors that were there. Like, they were, I'm telling you, man, I was there. I I was was at the Helix, man. Like, I saw him knock Bushinger out. You know, when he moved to the left, hit him. I was there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I threw the punch. I threw the punch. I was practically... I was the one who hugged Connor when he jumped into the crowd. That was me and my <laughs> mates. Like, that was us, man. We were going mad. It was unreal. I know it's not because I wasn't there either. But No, no. But like, I, like, I was watching at home. You, you could fill the helix twice over with the amount of people that have told me that they were there. Like, It's ridiculous. Anyway, what did you think of Matt Brown completely destroying Artem Lobov on Twitter from what? Stan Kavanagh? That's fairly funny. Funny in fairness, he just shut him down immediately. That was. Uh, what did you think? I thought Artem had a like it was a couple of good lines, but I'm gonna have to give that one to Matt Brown also. Yeah, Matt Brown wins that one. Yeah. Um, here we go. The number one question on the show this week, our most famous question: New York Rick. Oh yes. Eric Jackman. By what method does Johnny Hendricks win at UFC One Nine Six? The only method he wins by is Wonderboy, Wonderboy slipping on his way to the cage. S- slipping as he double knockout. That's the only way he wins. Double knockout. Wonderboy slips after he head kicks him and you know falls and hits the cage, hits his head on the ground or something. That's the only way he wins. So there we go. Yeah, that, there, you go. there you are, New York Rick. Like Wonderboy's Wonderboy's destined for the top. I have a good one here for you, and I'm going to put a little bit onto it myself. Aidan O'Connor says, When John Jones defeats Daniel Cormier again, will the UFC allow him to move up and fight for the heavyweight title? My extra question to you, Sean, is, 
Will the UFC promote him as the light heavyweight champion, or will they strip him of his belt? I think if he goes up, he'll go up for good. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, I think he'll fight Carmier, beat him easily. I think he'll fight Rumble Johnson, beat him, and then go up. But I think Rumble, that Rumble Johnson fight, that's the fight, man. Yeah, that's the that is fight. the one that we want. That's the fight. That's that's he's the only one that could beat John Jones like everywhere. And you know, I picked John Jones. Obviously, I don't think he would beat him. But he is the he's the dangerous one. He's the one who can beat him. I want to see that fight. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. If we are gonna look at one other thing, right? I have to admit, we have great fans here on this podcast. They're mm-hmm. running with the stick. They're taking the piss as well. Two questions: Daniel Garrity and Robert Mannion. How many times will Wonderboy defend the Wonderboy title, <laughs> and how many seconds will it take Wonderboy to defeat Johnny Hendricks? Ah, oh, legends. He'll. Uh, I'd reckon he'd beat him in the first. Three minutes, you know, I've got I've respect for Johnny Hendricks. I think he can take it for three minutes. Um, wonder why? Uh, it's it's hard to know how many times he'll defend it. Like, is he going to go up and win that middleweight title as well? He like that's that's a possibility. He wants to, you know, he wants to get revenge for his by Chris Wyman and beat Luke Rockhold. I think he'll maybe ten times before he goes up and and beats Luke Rockhold. Okay, uh, is Tony Ferguson the most exciting future opponent for Connor? This is from Louds Fifty Seven, Colin Ward. Stylistically, it would be a great uh, fight. And also, David O'Callaghan says, "Does Tony Ferguson versus Johnson make any sense?" Diaz, Alvarez, Pettis are all better opponents for Tony Ferguson. The only way it makes sense is because you know he's having a kid and stuff, and he wants to fight before that. But look, it makes absolutely no sense divisionally. It makes no sense for, for Tony Ferguson as a fighter. It makes sense for him as a person. But look, I, I feel for him. I know where he's coming from. But I think he should have just waited and you know fought someone, fought Nelly Alvarez or fought, wait for the for the title shot. Or, I can see it, this isn't, you know, that that's not a, a Dennis Seaver type stay busy fight. You know what I mean? That's tough enough fight against Michael Johnson I know he wants to get his win back but yeah. it's a tough enough fight it does nothing for him like it doesn't bring him forward it, like it's a type of fight that I can see someone else getting a, a tougher fight and passing him over you know to get a title shot or something so tell me this lose-lose yeah Ian Thornton would like to know with the tough finale on the night before UFC 200 do you think the UFC will put on a third show like they did with UFC 194 probably more than likely yeah. and if it's definitely in, if it's in the Cosmopolitan again then 100%. Do you know what I mean? Because they are legit. They are serious shows. Great venue. Great atmosphere. You're going to get enough people to get in there to make it look like a full venue. Especially if you... Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw Conor McGregor in UFC 200. That if we saw Neil Seary on the Thursday night card. Paddy mm-hmm. Hunahan on the Thursday night card. Someone Irish on the Thursday or Friday night cards to get people in. Uh, the Irish will be in town anyway. Remember that time I got Catherine Costigan on the Invicta card before yeah, McGregor? Of course. Uh, yeah. MMA Wrestler 64 says those. Last, big... last question, Zogwon. Oh, is it? Sorry, I was yeah. just saying those guys won't fight Tony Ferguson. They were all offered it. I'm going to have yeah. to find you the last question here now. Friend of the podcast, Jim Daw. Yes. It was Mendez in July, Edgar's, Edgar in December. Who is the backup or person in training oh. in case McGregor's opponent pulls out this time? Nate motherfucking Diaz. Is that what you think? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, it depends how far out it is as well. Like, say, if Dasanias was to pull out now, Frank Edgar fight for the featherweight title. There you go. Finally, mm. 
answer these in one word. Have all the stars okay. aligned for Sean Sheehan's prediction for Wonderboy? Yeah. From Ansha. And is Connor mad enough to offer to save the February card by fighting Frankie? Fight Dos Anjos in March and then Nate, no. Jose, whoever. No? No. No. Finally, best friend of the podcast, Eamon McLean, to finish off the show, would like to know, do you think Mike Goldberg should get the boot? He's too much. I like Goldberg. Uh, you know, I like I, like I think Mike Goldberg is actually dead. And it's a body double. It is all over. Yeah, and it's just, okay, press uh, number one. Like, they have different audio clips of Mike Goldberg, and they just play them throughout the show. Joe Rogan's actually in the booth by himself. <laughs> the only way I'd let Mike Goldberg go is if Mara and I lock him in and replace him. But he's I, I like, He is, but, you know, that could, you could get around that. Um, I, I like John Anik as well, but I don't think, I wouldn't have him as the, you know, the top. I don't think he is the man to do the top. Uh, I like Kenny Florian as well, top. but I don't think he is the man to do the top. Uh, no? Did job. I get it. I got it. I was waiting for you to say job at the end. Okay. Well, look, I was florining, so it's fine. Florian, um, yeah. Anyway, reminder. Competition, severe MMA. We've discussed it already. Uh, your chance to win a notorious DVD six-part series. Head on to whatever dedicated podcast provider you're listening to us. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. Put a comment in it. Take a screenshot and send us a tweet. Or we're going to look through them ourselves. We're going to know if you did it, but please do it. Everyone's going to be winning with a chance of winning. Send them over so it's easier for us to compile them all to decide the winner. If you want to get in touch with us between now and this time next week, at Sean Sheehan BA on Twitter, at Severe MMA Pod. Send questions throughout the week. We'll favorite them. We'll get them ready for next week's. Uh, sorry if we didn't get yours read out this week, as we had a lot. Sean's pushed for time. I'm pushed for time. And follow at Severe MMA, at PC Carroll, at Andrew McGahan underscore. 52 episodes in the books. One year down, Sean. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Your favourite part of the last year, apart from becoming one of my best friends. Oh, uh, I've enjoyed it. I, I really enjoy doing it. I just love sitting down and talking about shite. it. Man. Even, you, you know, know having somewhere to do it. Yeah. Coincidentally, shout out. It's the year of anniversaries. Two years since I started my radio show on 8 Radio. Same nice. week. Two, weeks old, two years also since Mrs. McGann had a brain hemorrhage. Shout out to Mother McGann, yes. who's Her back pleasure. completely fine now. And it Very happened good. the day before I was meant to fly out to the Europeans two years ago. I still went. I was made go. But uh, so there we go. Shout out to Mary McGann, the woman behind the podcast. Legend. Legend is right. Unfortunately, Sean Sheehan has put his foot down. There's no more inspirational quotes. No, no, there is one. There oh, is one. Oh, there is The one. last one ever. He was only joking with us, folks. Just when you think I'm out, I come right he back cu- in. Yeah, pull him right back in. For real, though, uh, as always, from both of us, a massive heartfelt thank you for your support over the year. Uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed doing it. The podcast has shot from 200 listens to the first episode to 2,500 listens nearly almost per episode. We are absolutely chuffed. We uh, appreciate all the interaction. We love doing it. We love talking to you all each and every week. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple of... I don't know, stuff that you can buy to say you're a fan of the podcast within the next couple of months. Stay tuned to that as well. Sean Sheehan, if you'd like to finish us off. The greatest mistake you can make in life is to continually be afraid you will make one. See you next week.